Good morning. I am Wimala, and today is Friday, September 23rd. We're in our second day of cooler weather here in Crystal Lake, and it really feels like uh, autumn happened right, right on target yesterday for the first day of fall. So nice cooler weather. Uh, nice for me. Fall is my favorite season. So today I'd like to read again from Sharon Salzberg's, one of her earlier books, A Heart as Wide as the World. <laughs> Stories on the Path of Loving Kindness. So these essays are really from her own experience through uh, a lot from her earlier days. So they're really interesting to me and I hope they're pleasant for all of you, and I hope you get something out of them. So we're in the second section of this book called The Practice of Transformation. And all the essays are great. And some I've read already, but I'm trying to pick up some. Picking up some that we, we haven't read. So. Here's one that sounds good. Okay. Let's begin, and then we'll have time for a short meditation at the end, and then everyone can get on about their days. But um, hopefully this is a good way to, you're either having a break in your day or getting started, or you might, might be uh, watching at night and wanting to slow the day down, however you use it. So this one is called Moments of Liberation. And uh, one of her uh, Burmese teachers, when she started doing longer, like three months, three, three months retreats and really getting deeper into her practice, were the Burmese teachers. And Upandita Sayadaw was one of her teachers. My teacher Upandita once said to me, do you believe what the Buddha taught? that every moment of mindfulness is a moment of freedom. I said, oh yes, I really believe it. And then he said, don't you think it might be better to actually realize it rather than just believe it? She said, then I said, no, no doubt. His comment, in fact, did reduce my doubt in the possibility that I could attain liberation. And it brought me face to face with this very potent teaching of the Buddhas, that being mindful, we can in any moment experience freedom. When we realize this in our own lives, we understand that whatever experience we are having, whether painful or pleasant, is worth our attention because it is an opportunity for, free, for freedom. What frees us in that moment is the power of awareness regardless of the object of that awareness. 
Mindfulness itself loosens whatever bonds there might be. And one of the great paradoxes of our lives, it can be said that, <clears throat> excuse me, it can be said that suffering as well as freedom from suffering can arise right here and now. Taking form in this body and in this mind, two polyphrases are used to express this paradox. Klesa Bhumi and Panya Bhumi. Bhumi means place of occurrence, place of arising. Klesa refers to those qualities that torment us and bring a strong degree of unhappiness, or those personal qualities. And Panya means wisdom. The Bhumi, whoop, let me lost my place. The Bhumi is always present in the form of our bodies. So that's the place of our bodies and minds. What separates Klesa from Panya is mindfulness. With mindfulness, body and mind serve as the ground for liberation and freedom. Without mindfulness, the very same body and mind become the foundation for torment. That's that's a great sentence. <laughs> With mindfulness, body and mind serve as the ground for liberation and freedom. Without mindfulness, the very same body and mind become the foundation for torment. The Buddhist teachings point out to us that even the most ordinary person who walks on the path can succeed because the basic material for liberation is already in all of us. We just have to choose whether we cultivate wisdom or suffering. The traditional metaphor used to illustrate this is that of a garbage pail made of copper. Because it is a garbage pail, we tend to either overlook it or feel disdainful toward it. We then imagine the very same copper being fashioned into jewelry. Now we view the copper with appreciation and even longing. Then take that same copper and form it into statues of gods and goddesses that become objects of veneration. <clears throat> the material is identical, but when it is used differently, our reactions change accordingly. In the same way, Rather than disregarding the experiences of our own body, mind, it is possible in any moment to regard them as the material for liberation. All along the spiritual path, we develop an ability to be calmer and to live more harmoniously. We lay bare our suffering and learn self-acceptance and compassion. We concentrate the mind and unveil our true nature. And all of this coverages, and all of this converges on perfect liberation or nirvana. This is not a distant goal as it may seem to be. Every moment that we experience without grasping, aversion, or delusion is a moment of nirvana or nibbana. It could be this moment. I like that a lot. 
I'm going to read one longer one. I think we have time. And it's called Changing, Changing Seasons because we're changing seasons right now here. One year, one of my friends who lives in California planned a visit to New England in the autumn. Anticipating her arrival, I looked anxiously at the resplendent, colorful leaves on the trees, hoping they would stay the way they were. I so much wanted the trees to remain beautiful for her. I felt like I wanted to stick the leaves on them so that they would still be there when she came. I thought, it has got to be this way when she comes, because if the leaves fall and they're all brown and shriveled, what kind of an inaugural autumn visit will that be for her? As it turned out, she wasn't able to visit at all. When I heard that, I thought, well, I guess now I can just let nature take its course. Of course, it's ludicrous to try to keep leaves from falling from the trees. But look at how much of our lives is spent trying to do the same thing in other ways. How often we try to keep things from changing. Yet, impermanence is the very fabric of our lives. It's not just that our lives are always changing. Our lives are made up of change. When we look at the natural world, we see so clearly that seasons come and seasons go. Likewise, we can see that people come and go in our lives. We know that we have possessions and that they break or are given away, or we no longer care for, for them, or we might not notice and appreciate them anymore. We know that we might feel one way in the morning, another way in the afternoon, and perhaps yet another way at night. We know that at the end of our lives, we die. The practice of meditation makes us especially sensitive to how our perceptions, <clears throat> goodness, I'll restart that sentence over again. The practice of meditation makes us especially sensitive to how our perceptions themselves are constantly changing. There is a thought and then it is gone. A sound arises and passes away. Smells and taste and touch sensations come and go. Signs come into existence and vanish. Any moment of our lives can be seen in Ralph Waldo Emerson's world, words as the volcanic, volcanic present. I like that, the volcanic present. Through meditation, we come to know, not just poetically or lyrically, but actually, that we are dying and being reborn in every minute. Sometimes in meditation practice, the mind naturally alights on the aspects of being reborn in every moment. It is very beautiful. We notice the beginning of things, the arising of objects, whether a sound or a feeling in the body, or an emotion, the most noteworthy aspect to us is its coming into being. We are experiencing the world and ourselves, emerging, renewing, beginning again, and it is glorious. We are witnessing the magic that is life arising. Some of everything that we hold dear, everything that we have tried to preserve and prolong, we turn to look at something and it vanishes. 
We start responding to a feeling, then we notice it is already gone. Everything is so fragile, so evanescent, here and yet fleeting, revealing the seeds of its death right at the heart of its birth. Where is everything that when, where is anything that we can hold on to? As Kalu Rinpoche said, life's breath is like a water bubble. Even though seeing the arising nature of things is wondrous and seeing the fleeting nature of things can be very disconcerting, both are essential. Opening to both aspects of change helps us to see the truth of how things are. Whether we like changing seasons or not, we learn to trust them, to sense the rightness of the cycles. Understanding the truth of change in our own lives, we can live with that same sense of trust and rightness. I like that one. It's a good one for we're in the second day of fall. I think this year I was happy to see the season change just because it did give me a sense of uh, rightness in the world. And so much of the world seems to be um, changing with climate change and different weather patterns and different, different kinds of uh, weather disasters happening. So I think part of my desire to see fall was, okay, I wanted to see something that uh, that change was comforting to me. We learn to trust them, to sense the rightness of the cycles. I really had that experience. So then, the, then it re reminds us, understanding the truth of change in our own lives, we can live with that same sense of trust and rightness. Beautiful. So why don't we sit? So just kind of roll your shoulders back. Let your body relax. When you roll your shoulders back, you notice that it kind of lifts that spine up. It does for me. It lifts it into a, a good position to uh, support me. I feel like I'm my spine is a better support. Just close your eyes if you can. You may not be in a situation where that's good, but when you're by yourself, uh, sitting with your eyes closed may help you be able to uh, focus inwardly a little bit better. So when we close our eyes and we just begin to pay attention to the breath, Be aware of the body breathing. Sometimes you may need to take a deep breath in and out just to make sure you're all present. Your mind may be in one place, your body in another. So we want 
if you really focus, make that breath deeper and for about two breaths, you're kind of signaling your body, telling all the parts to come back, your mind, your body, your thoughts, your feelings, get them all in one place. Let that place be the present moment. Let go of everything else except the present moment. What's happening in your body, what's happening outside of you. And we don't always do this, but if you're in your own practice, it's good to include a body scan, I think, in your daily practice. So you can really touch in with the body, see what's going on in the body, be aware of the feeling tones in the body. That's a very important part of our mindfulness practice. Be sure your breath is back to your normal breath. And pick one spot to observe the breath, whether it's around your nostrils or whether it's noticing the belly rising and falling.
be with the breath. Be aware with the feeling in the body. Notice if it goes from pleasant to unpleasant or to neutral. Be aware of uh, if it changes from one to another. We're looking at just basically pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral. We, you know, don't really have not able to differentiate between. When you feel uh, the temperature of the air on your body, when you hear a sound, Does it change the feeling tone of your body? When those feeling tones are jumping around, maybe one minute everything feels peaceful and calm, and the next minute you feel uh, that an unpleasant noise or some unpleasant, maybe you got too cold or too hot, so you have an unpleasant feeling. Anything that your body is picking up is shifting you from pleasant to unpleasant. And neutral is often um, not a great thing. Neutral may be, mean that you're just not paying attention to your feelings, to the tonal quality of your body. So you, you can work more to figure out what that, what neutral is. But there's a lot of agitation going on in our body when we're jumping from pleasant to unpleasant or pleasant to neutral, or any any combination, or just back and forth. So that agitation will become dukkha, become suffering. So pay attention to that.
Now let's do a very short loving-kindness practice. Focus good attention on yourself, thinking of yourself, being friendly towards yourself, thinking about taking good care of yourself and nurturing yourself as you would a dear loved one or a good friend. May I be well in body and mind. May I be content. May I be filled with peace. Send those as wishes to yourself, as blessings to yourself. All of our blessings come from within. And feel how good it is when you allow yourself to nurture yourself, to feel good towards yourself. And now just allow that same good feeling that you get and know that you get from caring for yourself. Let that radiate out from you moving first to your loved ones, then to acquaintances. Your loved ones can include all of your family members and the people closest to you, and all of your dear friends, always in your heart. Then let it radiate out to people you know, but not as well. Just send the same loving kindness. Send out the same wishes you sent to yourself. We can send these to difficult people in our lives, knowing that they need the same self-nurturing and self-friendship that we do. So they may be difficult people for us, but we can see them as just regular humans like us. They need to love themselves as well. So may our difficult people be strong in mind and body. May they be happy and content. And may they be at peace. And then if you're ready for it, just keep radiating out into spaciousness. Just there's no limit to the boundary of loving kindness. There's no stopping it. So the practice radiates out forever. So sending friendliness, kindness, out to all beings everywhere, human and non-human, 
our animal pets and friends. Creatures, animals, beings we've never seen or met. Beings that are embodied and beings that are not, beings that are invisible to us. May all beings everywhere be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. Free from fear and worry and anxiety. Free from hunger and thirst. Safe from climate caused weather episodes. May all beings everywhere be able to care for themselves or be tended to and cared for by loved ones. And may all beings everywhere throughout the, throughout the universe, the world, the cosmos, live in peace. And for our intention for the day, may everything we do and say and think be done not only for our own benefit, but also for the benefit of all other beings, all sentient beings. So thank you. Have a beautiful day. Uh, lots going on. Check the schedule at Blue Lotus. There are good speakers and talks coming up over the next few weeks. And uh, lots going on with fall being here. Lots of ways to be outdoors and enjoy it. So thank you for being a big part of my practice. And remember, I'm not going to be on Sundays, but I will be back next Tuesday. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Okay. See you on Tuesday.